This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. On this episode, I sit down and talk to Andy Mokel, a.k.a. Game Over IG, a.k.a. The Flip-Flop Guy. Um, most of you already know who he is. He also has a podcast um, called the Legion DIY Outdoors Podcast. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. I, I think he's actually going to put this episode on his podcast as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anyone who's been following Andy for the past couple of years has kind of seen what a wild ride he's been on for the last couple of years. And uh, it's been kind of fun to watch from the outside looking in, but it was nice to finally meet Andy and sit down and, and chit-chat with him for a bit. He actually uh, was nice enough to have me over, and he actually cooked me breakfast on his birch barrel barbecue in the backyard, um, and we sat down and kind of chit-chatted for for a bit, and um, yeah, so s- stay tuned. <laughs> oh my oh, god, shit. So, you've been hunting your whole life. Or, or not your whole life. When did you get into waterfowl hunting? Uh, so, no, I, are you recording? <laughs> you are now. Uh, Shit no, just so, got real. So I, I grew up just skateboarding and riding BMX and riding dirt bikes and stuff like that, like kind of most probably California kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, played Little League and stuff and when I was a kid, but I didn't play sports in high school. But, no, I didn't start getting into hunting until uh, – it. I was in my early to mid twenties. Oh, really? Yeah, like oh seven. And how old are you now? Thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah, we're a year apart. Okay. So you were eighty four, baby. Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. Okay, I was eighty five. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just some buddies that I worked with waterfowl hunted and talked about how fun it was and and uh, just started getting into that and got a lab and uh, trained trained her and. She since passed this past year, but that um, had to be a rough break, man. Yeah, definitely losing Actually, a dog that you've worked with that much. Yeah, yeah, you create a bond when they, you know, when you train them and they retrieve and do their job and super loyal. And uh, what was that like for you building that relationship with your dog? Um, from when you first got the dog until, I mean, obviously, oh, uh, it was huge. Uh, I mean, you just spend countless hours training and just, you know. Throwing bumpers, taking her to the lake, throwing just over and over again, and just that. I mean, even after she was trained, it was like every, you know, every off season, you're just getting her back up to speed before the season starts. And yeah, I mean, she when she was a puppy, she was a freaking nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, going from that to a pretty well trained dog, and uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a cool bond, and mm-hmm. it was cool. Yeah, actually, the last year we lost two labs and a cat dude all in the same year really? it was rough yeah that's so, crazy yeah this past year has been rough with animals but uh-huh. but yeah so uh so you kind of got into waterfowl hunting with your buddy yep got into waterfowl hunting and it's a blast i mean you know it's much obviously way different than deer hunting it's, <laughs> I, I don't even think it's comparable really it's like i yeah i mean i can't imagine um i've tried to compare it just for myself when i go out waterfowl hunting yeah 
and I go out. I mean, I think that comparable hunting maybe would be whitetail hunting back east out of a blind. Uh-huh. That might be a little bit more because you're waiting for the deer to come into the food plots or, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And yep. for me, waiting in a blind is a grind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's yeah. fucked up, dude. I mean, I'd say the excitement is there with waterfowl hunting as mm-hmm. long as you're in the right spot, but... Um, I don't, I just don't think you can compare it with deer hunting. It's just the, you know, like when a, when a deer is for me, like anywhere near me, <laughs> my heart is beating out of my chest and it's just like, I'm Buck shaking fever, and I'm you don't like, even know I, what it is yet. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, am I just cold? Am I cold or am I fucking just, yeah, just, yeah. Buck fever, whatever, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. But so you don't, I don't get that duck hunting, but with duck hunting, it's like, you know, first light birds are circling coming in and it's like shit is it, is it shoot time yet mm-hmm. like you get you get excited it's just different on those just, sunrises too man yeah yeah i mean i've seen some of the most amazing sunrises bird hunting yep take some good pictures and yeah, yeah. even just sitting there and watching it come up is yeah you know an experience within itself yeah you know like that's one of my favorite things about instagram during bird season during waterfall season is like everybody's posting pictures of the most amazing sunrises. Yeah. It's just like, you know, everybody's just filled with gratitude and just talking about how wonderful it is to be outside. And yep. here's this amazing sunset that I saw this morning. You're like, God, that looks so great. Yeah. But I can't sit in the blind, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the cool thing about it is like you get to sit there and bullshit with your buddies and mm-hmm. it, you don't have to be quiet, but it's just different. Um, but yeah, yeah. So did that for, um, and I've quite a few buddies that waterfowl hunt and have little, you know, a couple mentors here and there for waterfowl hunting. But, uh, um, you know, and then what? I think this will be my fifth year deer hunting. So I'm a rookie when it comes to deer hunting and big game hunting and stuff. But you've killed a deer. Yeah, in California. In California. <laughs> it was X zone, but it. It was tough. I mean, it wasn't easy. Um, um, but, yeah, I haven't been lucky enough to get another one since then, but I've been working my ass off for sure, and I know it's just a matter of time. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a big you know, a big part of it is getting out there and putting the time in, right? And, well, and, and in the last five years, in the time of you starting to deer hunt, you also have started to become a dad. Right, right. And a family man. Yeah. And, like, there's a lot more to it than just not being able to yeah. get out and hunt, right? Exactly. Because, you know, you have a job and you have a family and, you, you know, kids and the whole deal. So, yep. you know, what's that like for you juggling, you know, your passion and your love for the outdoors and wanting to, you know, go on these week-long big game hunts but not being able to, you know, because you have a bunch of young little whippersnappers running around, yeah. you know, causing ruckus and, yep. you know, which is a blessing in itself. Oh, definitely. You know, but yeah, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a juggle. It's different. It's, it's tough. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I have an eight year old, a four year old and a two year old now. And yeah, this last couple of years has been the toughest for sure. <laughs> the third one, the third one is not easy, dude. <laughs> Just anyone listening that, uh, needs a little or or is you know planning on having a family planning on having kids stop it too yeah (laughs) no it's 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 good i wouldn't trade it for the world like i said but 
um, it's been tough. That's uh, so funny, man. You know, for me, not having kids, everybody's always been like, you know, you really made the right choice. And, you know, in the last, you know, year or so, I've I've thought about the idea of, you know, being a, a stepdad or, or, you know, inevitably having my own children. Right. Um, and everybody is like, just don't do it. <laughs> Don't have kids. Uh, don't get married. Don't do it. Wait. Just wait for a little bit longer. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just wait. Yeah, and I mean everybody's different. I like I said, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. But mm -hmm. there's definitely, you know, there's, there's gives and takes. It's like, you know, yeah, if you're if you're not married, don't have kids, you're gonna have, you're just naturally gonna have more time to get out and hunt and do stuff mm -hmm. like that. But, um, but then again, it's like this last year, I was able to take my eight year old out waterfowl hunting and and deer hunting and dude, just the memories are yeah i can't you just can't describe it i mean it's it's i don't know it's 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 a different kind of phase well one thing that i've really that i enjoy getting to see is fathers taking their kids yeah you know and, and I, mothers taking their kids obviously you see dads taking their kids out more than moms yep i assume that'll change in the next 20 years yeah but uh Excuse me, you know, getting to see dads take their sons out, you know, yep. and and teaching their sons or their daughters, yeah, what it's like to hunt and and what it means and and what it means to them, and then sharing the tradition and the experience with their children is so amazing, you know. And that, like, if anything were to make me want to have you know children to share the adventure with, it would be that part of it yeah you know what i mean is is getting to share the adventure you know and that's exactly what you're talking about right now is you know taking your kid out and i'd assume your oldest your eight-year-old yep and you know is just sharing the field and the experience and and you know your knowledge and wisdom and you know having that time outdoors together yeah one-on-one -on -one, yep you know yeah i mean i still i i, I just remember this one picture i took of uh when we were deer hunting, my my daughter wrote Olivia, Olivia and Daddy on a rock, and I, I took a picture of it. And dude, it's just, <laughs> I, I just, it's just a cool. Well, the smile on your face yeah, is dude, just it's, like, it's priceless. Well, I mean, we didn't get a deer, we didn't see a deer, we yeah. didn't see shit, but it was just that was your guys' time, yeah, man. Yeah, it was just hashtag girl dad. Yeah, for sure. How is that? Being a dad of girls. Yeah, <laughs> three of them. Yeah, is it all three girls? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So household of you know my wife and three daughters yeah it's tough i mean it's they don't beat you up do dude, they? i can't even imagine having a boy though honestly like uh-huh no regret i mean i would never uh-huh i'm not one that's like i'm gonna keep trying until i have a boy like it's not <laughs> it's not happening sounds dude. like you could end up with six girls <laughs> yeah, not three it's just, uh, it's like it's six times the pain <laughs> definitely yeah no i'm done but no it's good um like the daddy daughter dances and stuff like that are mm -hmm. they're 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 awesome mm -hmm. uh so yeah enjoy them while you can yeah for All sure because right? yeah. you'll hit that age i know and then they're gonna be like dad stay the fuck away from me <laughs> i hate you i know my eight -year -old maybe not is... though i mean my niece my niece always just blew me away like yeah she's 20 god is she 26 now i don't know she's she's 26 or 25 but She's just always been the sweetest, kindest, most like 
if I were to ever have a daughter, I'd want my daughter to be like my niece because really? she was like into Disney movies until she's like 18 years old. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't Super grow innocent. up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and like, but she's just such a badass at the yeah. same time. You know what I mean? Really driven, you know, really yeah. the whole deal. But oh, that's cool. Yeah. Girl dad, oh, yeah. huh? Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Right so, on. So you so, grew up in Roseville. Yeah. Roseville. So, well, I guess really quick. You are Sean. Yep. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, Sean White. Um, yeah, I grew up in Roseville. and Blue-collar harvester, right? Blue-collar harvester. On Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Get that out there. <laughs> the last podcast yeah. I did with a fellow, I totally forgot to like do the introduction part. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I, I, after he left, I was like, fuck, man. We didn't do an introduction to who he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Well, I mean, I could call him and I could like somehow like cut and force an introduction somewhere into the podcast. And I was yeah. like, that's just not me, man. Like I'm not into the editing and yeah. all the bullshit. So, yep. you know. Might as well but, keep it organic, right? Yeah, yeah. So Blue Collar Harvester on Instagram. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that just came from uh, just kind of, so I have like a personal page that's just family and stuff yeah. and it's just private or whatever and, and you I, working yeah right yeah and then uh yeah so this account is just you know just all my interests and uh which is basically hunting now <laughs> and your family yeah and family yeah. obviously yeah. yeah and then uh so yeah blue collar just comes from just growing up uh working as an electrician and um yeah just being a blue collar worker and then harvester is what i'm what i want to be <laughs> Right. <laughs> just a fucking wannabe. Hey man, you slayed some birds though. Yeah. No, I mean it's you got quite a couple piles of birds there on your page. I've seen it. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh but yeah, no, it's I'm just here to learn and and uh but yeah, so blue collar harvester, that's it. And yeah. Here I am in Andy Mokel's backyard. <laughs> just got done eating breakfast on the birch barrel. Yeah, how would you think of that? It's delicious, dude. It's pretty good, man. Yeah. I really like the way that thing cooks, dude. It's, you know, I've been experimenting a lot and really trying to familiarize myself with how how the heat works with it and how the smoke works with it. And, yep. You know, raising and lowering um, the Lit. coal pan in it, yeah. you know, to figure out. You know, where am I getting the best heat for what and how to do, you know, all the different yeah. aspects, the range of cooking that I want to do with it. Yep. It's actually been really fun, man. You take that thing on hunts and stuff, too, or on oh, yeah. camping? Yeah. Yeah, it's been in and so they just released the product um, right after Sheep Show. So I went and picked that up in Bozeman. In January, went from Birch Barrel Headquarters uh, after having a meeting with Roby, Roby and uh, <laughs> 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 and I left there and basically went up to Rocky Boy Indian Reservation, and that was our campfire pit and our source of heat during the sheep transplant. And okay. You know, yeah, we'll I, get into that here. Yeah, we can for sure. And then, and then came down from up there, and then it ended up down at the Jack Ranch doing the Kika pig hunts. 
mm-hmm. uh, the the cowboy camp pig hunts and okay you know did a bunch of cooking down there and that was actually pretty remarkable got to cook for jet tilla neil frazier and um hunt lowry and, and a couple other you know big names yeah which was like you know it was pretty neat to cook a, a flip-flop for these you know head of the industry chefs yeah. and just have their mouths fall through the floor <laughs> like what the fuck did this guy just yeah. do to us blew their socks off it was really uh humbling for sure that's awesome and then now it's back home yep and we're fucking shut this sh- we're totally shut down and from corona from corona <laughs> just oh, this is ridiculous cooking in my backyard man doing a lot of yard work yep doing a lot of yard work so yeah. you did say that you have killed a deer yeah yeah back you, to that out got, of the rabbit hole yeah that was a fun rabbit hole um yeah uh so yeah i drew an x-zone I mean, I usually wouldn't specify exactly where I was hunting, but it wasn't a big buck or anything to be mm-hmm. super bragging about. Yeah, it was X3B um, up near Oregon, Nevada. And you drew Oregon. a random tag because you yeah. drew with one point. One point. You're uh, never going to draw it if you don't put in for it, man. Right. It's what drives me nuts about people that are like, oh, I'm never going to draw a sheep tag or I'm never going to draw an elk tag or yeah. this tag or that tag. Like, you got to put in for it at least. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Costs five bucks, man. Or, I know. What, you know. Yeah, what is it? five or eight dollars or something to add Fucking, to your yeah <laughs> to add to your bill or whatever it sucks dude every year for me in california when i do my tags like four hundred dollars yeah and that's like it's ouch <laughs> ouch yeah, buy my lifetime hunting license this year but are you yeah, yeah. so you so you drew the x3b tag got yeah. to go on a hunt what was that like for you drew that so that's i a, mean the excitement going into the field for that must have been through the roof oh, because you yeah. had a premium tag yeah and i mean it doesn't take it's not one of the higher X zone tags to get. I mean, I think it, I think it averages like four points or something to draw. Still that, four years of waiting. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, we were. I went. Uh, we had a party, just me and me and a buddy, and we went up there. We actually went up there and scouted. Um, took a just took a weekend trip and just jammed up there. It's. I mean, that's a ways for us. Uh, what is it? Five hours to get there, something like that. Um, scouted hard and came back you know to try to not go into it completely blind mm-hmm. um and yeah it was a blast at the first so i went up there alone i solo hunted for the first couple of days uh i took my trailer up and uh, did like a base camp and then and then just kind of checked out some different areas actually ran into a pretty big buck i think it was my second day i was there by myself and um oh just my inexperience level i mean i i i looked through my spotter and and i i ranged it mm-hmm. and my the, the depth per, the depth perception of that range that i was looking at was i'm like i thought it was i got somehow i got 400 yards dude so i'm like walking being super quiet and mm-hmm. sneaking up in there and then it was way further than that, dude. It was, <laughs> I'm like, why am I going so slow? Dude? So eventually I'm like, dude, I need to pick up the pace. It's a lot further than I thought. And so I just start running up there and, and by the time I got to it, it was, it, it was gone. Yeah. Uh, so ran into another hunter up there also, and I should have exchanged information with him, but, uh, he seemed like a cool dude doing it the right way. And, um, so 
anyways, that brought me into that night. My buddy came into camp, and then I think we still hunted for a couple more days. I mean, hard, like, you know, sunrise to sunset every day, just beat, tired, mm-hmm. talking about how we're going to have a beer when we get back to the trailer, and we're so worn out that you, we didn't even, you know, we just laid down and passed out every day. But, um, yeah, so the deer that I got, actually, we were – we parked the truck and hiked probably a mile up this steep hill, uh-huh. hillside, pretty heavy wooded timber. And, um, we, we were just still hunting. Just, I mean, you kind of had to, it was so steep that you were just moving slow and just being quiet. And my buddy was kind of on the other side of a draw, so we wouldn't shoot each other. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, don't, don't do that. Yeah. I mean, we're talking and communicating and making sure we're in a safe spot and with GPS and stuff, but but he actually shot at a buck twice mm-hmm. and we don't we still don't know if it was the same buck that I got or not but so he shot and obviously I'm more on edge and being more quiet um and he goes yeah dude it's it's headed your way <laughs> I'm like oh shit so I'm like just pretty much super still hunting i mean barely barely moving step barely. step stop yeah, yeah. if that like, right well like, hey man still hunting is my favorite style dude it was all day long i'll cool. still hunt all the time dude it was super i mean obviously it was my first buck and it was just yeah so you, did you hear it coming in or no dude, you just so, knew that it was coming your, your way yeah and and you know we don't know exactly where each other are but we know kind of the general area and he's just you know it's the middle of the woods and he's just like it's it's headed your way and i'm like yeah okay so <laughs> whatever that means and so like yeah so i mean 30 minutes 40 minutes maybe go by and we're still just barely moving like uh-huh. it's in here somewhere because I, I didn't hear a thing if it would have ran off we would have heard it right so yeah so yeah 40 30 40 minutes later i just take a step i'm i'm i, I kneel down to my knee and i'm just taking a rest and I look up, and there's a buck, dude, 20 yards, like, to the corner of your fence right there or something. like. <laughs> staring at you? Just staring at me, dude. And I was just – so we stare at each other for I, – I mean, I, I think it was, like, five minutes. Maybe – I mean, maybe it was less. So it was just in the moment, you know. But Yeah. I mean, I didn't even want to blink my eye or – I didn't I, – I swear I could hear my heart beating out of my chest, dude, like – you know, and, and it was just a two by three, like two and a half year old buck, but it just, to me, it just looked super majestic, dude, just sitting there all f- postured up and just what looking are at you? me, what is, what, yeah, what are you? And I'm just, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't move at all. Uh, so yeah, I, I swear five minutes later, um, it sort of loses interest or decides to go the other direction and just kind of takes a couple steps behind a tree and I take my safety off because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, well, he's behind the tree. He's not going to see me move. So I take my safety off and aim. And then he steps out. And I could tell he's about to start kind of walking down the hill. And so I just, he steps out from behind the tree and I fire. And, um, dude, no. So he, I fire. He runs off out of sight. Um, there was no blood, no nothing. Yeah. And so I'm like, dude, I. I fucking missed him at 25 yards, 20 yards or whatever it was. Like, how's that, how's that possible? So, I mean, it, and I'm, and I'm moving super slow to try to track this thing. Cause I don't know if, you know, I don't, I don't know where I hit it. If I hit it, um, 
So it probably took me 30 minutes to find it, and it was 100 yards from me or so. Yeah. Um, Creepy feeling when you start, you walk up to it, there's no blood yeah. or nothing. So and how did you track the animal? I just saw the direction it went and just slowly kind of worked my way that. Were you looking for paw print or look- hoof prints in the yeah. in the dirt? Paw yeah. prints. Yeah, no, yeah, anything. Just yeah. looking for any kind of. But, I mean, it's a steep hillside. It's all beaten down by whatever, any, anything and everything. And yeah. it had been raining. And so who, uh, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't see any signs. So eventually I just, yeah, walked up on it and super stoked and just. Screaming and yelling and hooting and hollering? No, or? no I actually wasn't. I was pretty calm. I mean, I, I uh, just kind of sat there for a minute and just, you know. I mean, I'm not like a religious guy or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm like spiritual in a way that we're like i can relate to that yeah i mean it's dead it's there and i'm like you know just kind of thank it for its life or whatever and um yeah pretty quiet but then i'm like dude i need to get to work dude so pretty much took a couple pictures and uh yeah just got to work and it was on a steep hill like i said so my buddy kind of held it one way and i you know Actually, that brings me into the fact that, yeah, I'd never been, I'd never seen a big game animal down before. So, um, my experience level was watching YouTube videos on how to, <laughs> uh-huh. how to gut out a buck and how to figure out what to do with it and all that. So, but it was cool. I mean, I, I had done enough research and watched enough videos to where I felt comfortable. I mean, I did it feeling like I had done it before. So it was no big deal really. And, um, and luckily, the truck was at the bottom of the hill, so we just drug it down and yeah, and threw it in the bed of the truck. And on the way back, I'm calling my wife's uncle, who's been you know your mentor. Yeah, he's he's my mentor at a distance from a distance. Yeah, yeah. He, he lives in Oregon, but but I pick his brain every time we get together, and he's just a wealth of knowledge. And so I I call him on the way back, and we're just in this one spot where we have service, and I'm like, so I got one, dude. I'm sending him pictures, and he's all excited. And, <laughs> You know, he. I was trying to get him to come on the hunt with me, and he wanted to, but he couldn't t- get the time off of work. Yeah. But, but he was able to kind of walk me through what to, what to do with it, and I'm like, talking about what the temperature was there and how to deal with the buck. Is it okay to leave it hanging all night? You know, on the way home, do I need to put it in ice chest or is the outside air temp fine? Stuff like that, and uh, so he walked me through it and um, felt comfortable and went back to camp and to. <laughs> So we hung it up. Yeah. Uh, hung it up in a tree. Uh, start skinning it. A storm starts moving in. <laughs> it's getting dark, and the the wind's blowing. It starts snowing. Oh the no. The wind is blowing the the carcass. The carcass. The carcass back and forth, and uh, we 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 me and my buddy felt had the sense that a bear or something was co- trying to come into camp and we're like with spotlights like we, we just had defending that th- the meat at all costs it was weird yeah dude but the funny thing is is that next morning bear bear tracks all over the snow around the area like really I, I, we think like it was there and our sixth sense told yeah. us it was there and we knew it was there but it was so loud and windy and and snowing and so eventually um skinning this thing out and the rope breaks dude and <laughs> it was like this first experience of mine was like i experienced everything every difficulty. Went wrong. yeah <laughs> dude so it falls and 
I'm super clean and picky about like dirt on, you know, dirt on me. I'm going to be eating this thing. And so it's like, I mean, we got it up into the truck bed, cleaned it real well. Um, but yeah, I fell down into the dirt. I cut my finger. Like, <laughs> just, what a nightmare. It's a shit show. <laughs> yeah, but dude, it, it created the best memory for me. Yeah. I mean, it was like this, this hunt changed me in a way that I, I you can't, you know, only a hunter really knows what I'm talking, what you're talking about, you know, like, um, but yeah, so being that the rope was broke, we had to kind of rebuild the rope with some extra rope, and I didn't want it to be so heavy, so I, I just quartered everything out and put it into separate bags and hung it all up um, in separate pieces, and uh, yeah, so took it home and meat full, or the freezer full of meat, so. Nice. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Awesome experience, yeah. So what made you want to start a podcast? Um, yeah, so. Um, and we can start switching gears here, too. So Yeah, so ask you some questions. Yeah, I know. Put you on the spot. I know you got some some things you want to ask, so. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so for f a few years now, I've been kind of wanting to start like a, I don't know. I, I just I go through ideas all the time. I'm like constantly thinking of something I want to do, whether it's like an apparel company or something and i put together designs and i just always side gig yeah just a side gig just for fun and just just to i don't know you know I, I actually like my job and but this would this is just a side gig thing but so yeah i've had this this name mountain vision in my head for a while and it came into my head because being at work just thinking about being in the mountains and just having this vision of just always daydreaming daydreaming <laughs> every day everybody does it too dude. i know but it's, it's like, like the outdoorsman's thing to do it man. is dude and it's and so I, i'm like dude mountain vision like that's the vision that's in my head all day every day yeah and so that name has just been around in my head for a couple of years um i never did an apparel company or anything but but uh did a couple of designs and stuff and then but yeah actually the past the six past six months or so i've just started thinking about the podcast thing and i'm like dude i'm not really <laughs> what i would think of as being well-spoken or the type to just hey man i'm not <laughs> i am not it's, at uh, all but dude honestly you actually sort of inspired me in that way oh god be, dude seriously though because i <laughs> yeah the podcasts that you do are like they're just dudes sitting around bullshitting mellow, man. yeah mellow and they're just like they're not serious they're just yeah, it's organic though. Yeah, I mean, for me, man, the the serious factor and all of that, like, it just wouldn't be fun, right? It's just it would become yeah. like a job, you and know. It's, and it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, because you know this this is my life, and it is you know essentially a job. So it's um, in its own sense of the the word, you know, but. Um, how many optics podcasts are there? How many, how many, you know, mule deer hunting tips and tactics and fucking techniques are there? And you know what I mean? Hey like, man, I actually like listening to those. <laughs> I know a lot of people do for sure. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not knocking them, yeah, no, you know yeah, what I mean? But like, sure. that's not like, for me, that was never an idea of what I want to strive for is yeah. tips and like, sure, we can, I'll talk to individual hunters and we'll talk to different people and yeah. listen to what they do, you know, on their own, their own personal course, you yep. know, and, and I just never was into the serious, like, yeah, <laughs> trying to, 
I don't know. Yeah, no, you don't come across I just, like that. I just at all. try to have fun, man. Yeah. And like I'm sure there's plenty of people that'll tell you sometimes I don't have fun and you know, I'm human. <laughs> I'm not always smiling and laughing. Sometimes shit gets serious, but Yeah. You know, it's it's that's just all part of being human, right? Yep. Right? Yep. But and yeah, and that's kind of like like for me, I mean, I'm not going to top talk tips and tactics cuz I don't I don't honestly have the experience to tell someone what to do in the mountains i'm still learning myself and mm-hmm. um but that's kind of what another reason why i kind of want to do the podcast too like i was telling you earlier is like there's so many people out there like me that don't have them especially in california there's just we don't have meant i don't have a mentor in in the field with me like showing me what to do and or, how hard has that been for you in california as a new big game hunter uh, I mean, does that make it difficult? Is there, has there been people that you can reach out to or not really? Is it, I mean, it, what's the level of difficulty trying to get into the outdoors in California for um, a new guy? I think it's fairly difficult. I mean, I, I've had a couple of buddies that have sort of like pointed me in the right direction is like, Hey, this is where you apply for a point. You this know? is how you do this. Yeah. This is how you do that kind of deal. But, but not no one no one close enough to where you know we were they were with me in the field and showing me what you want to drink man um no fuck it sure drink it (laughs) um thank you yeah fucking cooler smells like blood (laughs) hopefully the water doesn't taste like blood that'd be (laughs) terrible Uh, that's funny um but yeah so i mean that's it's difficult but I think there's enough if you just I mean if you if you're if you're interested enough and you care enough about getting into it I think the information's out there um a ton of information I've learned is just just YouTube and podcasts so mm-hmm. um you know in social media which you know that's another subject but a lot of people find the negativity in social media and I I just think that I mean, it's it's yeah, it's out there for sure, but the, but there's so much opportunity with social media that you can just hit up Andy Mokel and ask <laughs> ask him any questions you want. No, but seriously, you can you can hit up anybody and if they're willing to help you out and and uh, point in the in the right direction on how to apply for a tag or yeah, you know how to go online and you know they used to be all paper, right? Getting putting in for deer tags and stuff, but yep, it's all online now, so. You know, do a little research and figure it out. It's not it's not too hard. Yeah. I don't think. It's funny you bring that up, man, because people are always like, How many people do you talk to on a daily basis? You know? And I'm like, dude <laughs> on a daily basis my Instagram direct message is like fifty to a hundred messages <laughs> a day. Uh, yeah. a, you know, constantly, you know, and, and but for me I'm fortunate enough to where I was kinda of born into an outdoors family and hunting yeah. and you know i've been blessed with a lot of experience in california hunting and as well as being a representative of the state and california hunting safety education and yeah. hunter safety education and and all that kind of stuff you know so it's you know part for me part of being a good example and a role model to um, new hunters and people that have questions and one of the burdens I would say about it though is like 
because there's so much excess of messages coming in is that like i will forget well i just forget to message people back and you know next thing i know like you know you i'll look you know and and to get to a week ago in my dms is like i have to scroll yeah (laughs) so far down and and i read everything that comes in but sometimes i don't reply or i'm in the middle of something and i look at it and then i forget and then people will take it personally or or get offended and and it's always like I always tell people like, Hey dude, if I don't get back to you in a, in a, you know, responsible, timely fashion, yeah, hit me up again yeah, because I will get back to you. I promise you I'll get back to you. And it's not like, I'm not bothered when you remind me that yeah. I need to get back to you. I'm actually appreciative because I don't want to be that guy, yeah, you know, but yeah, right. dude. Yeah, no, I get it. And I, I think most people get that. I mean, I, I that thought crossed my mind when I reached out to you. I'm like, dude, if I can I can just tell you're busy. And I'm like, dude, if he doesn't respond, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's doing it as a dick to be a dickhead. Yeah. So, like, I think he probably just didn't get to that message or forgot about it. So I'll, I'll, I was planning on hitting you up multiple times <laughs> if I had to. Good. <laughs> Hopefully not to be pushy, but. No, man. You know, and, and that's. That's good. And I've reached out to a couple people. You've you've probably been the more responsive. I mean, I uh, I reached out to there's a couple of guys who gave me some tips on stuff, some stuff to get to get started. And yeah, well, and and uh, there's so many podcasts coming out of California now. All of a sudden, huh? Yeah. Oh. Well, you have uh, uh, Lucas Paw and Lucas does rod and arrow. I just did a interview with Lucas podcast and Lucas uh, just released it a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I've listened to that one yet. It's, it's amazing. Is it? Lucas okay. Lucas is an amazing person, phenomenal fucking hunter, extremely experienced, you know, really well spoken. Yeah. And he is a DIY guy to the core, you know, along with his his resume is awesome. He comes from Montana. He moved to California. I feel bad for him in that aspect. But oh, did you just do a? Did you just interview him recently? Yeah, I was like, yeah. The, I think I put the podcast out maybe like three weeks ago. Yeah, I think like I that. listened to that. Now that you say that, yeah. And uh, you know, so Lucas has rod and arrow. Then you have the uh, there's two fellas and they're doing ridge to ridge. I just found that one. And. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing really well. They're fucking Dude, awesome they're guys. From SoCal, right? SoCal guys yeah. for sure. And they're really focusing on the Southern California hunting community. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And um, ever since Anthony left the podcast, it makes it extremely difficult to, to connect with those guys. Connect with anybody yeah. in Southern California because, like, let's be honest. When I'm there, I'm working. Yeah. When you guys, you, know? were, you guys had the spread probably figured out, right? Yeah. It was kind of is you yeah. know it was it was decent you know and and. You know, when I'm in Southern California, it's like, you know, guiding and, and outfitting and, and, you know, doing whatever the task is at hand and getting shit done and, yeah. you know, being wherever we need to be, whether it be in the desert or, you know, pig hunting or whatever it is. Um, so when I got to, like, talk to those guys, I was really thrilled about them coming out with the podcast and what they're focusing on and what they're doing. And, you know, they're really trying to connect with the law enforcement community as well, which is okay. super huge, you know, super, super commendable. Specifically which, the fish and game? Or? Fish and wildlife, yeah. for sure, you know. Um, and that's, I mean, I'm 
sure you've heard me talk about it where, you know, I think that repairing the relationship between California Fish and Wildlife and, and hunters and bridging that gap is extremely important. Oh, it's Not huge. just from the state side, but from our side as well and yeah. as hunters in the state of California. Um, obviously, there is definitely shortfalls on the state side, uh-huh. and those need to be addressed and, and rectified, mm-hmm. and that all comes in time. But there's also shortfalls on our side, so forget looking at their side let's do what we can do to start making it better now yeah you know what i mean you know doing is doing is better than talking you know right. and what does your sticker say over there yeah. yeah doing is greater than talking yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah for sure and uh you know who else you have uh guy western contours podcast out of southern california um western contours does a bunch of really cool stuff okay um, he's got a pretty cool platform. Um, a really, he's he's just a really nice person. Okay, you know, yeah, I'll have to look him up. I yeah, check uh... him out, man. You should check him out. There's a <sighs> Living Country in the City, which is no longer Living Country in the City, and I can't remember the name. It's Wild Initiative. Right, right. A Wild Initiative, and he's in Redding now. Okay. He was in Southern California, and then he rebranded, and he also moved to Northern California um, and started up here. And then I even want to go as far as saying that there's another one that I just saw the other day, California Outdoors. Let me look here on my Instagram. It might be California Outdoorsman's. No. This is California. I can't remember, but. Uh, it's not that one. But there's another one that's, you know. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that one. Another yet. guy. I want to say maybe it's out of Fresno or Central Valley-ish. Okay. And that's California Outdoors Podcast or California Something Podcast. Yeah. So there's a ton of them. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Fortunate that sailed in, you know, right in the in the first of them. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. I know, unfortunately, now with the COVID thing going on, I don't know. I mean, for me, I listen when I'm driving to work and back, yeah, you know, or or whatever, driving anywhere. But people aren't driving right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's sheltered at home. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really noticed it. Everybody, it seems to still be just you know running mm-hmm. without a hitch. So good. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, everybody's just kind of hunkered down at home. Well, it's good to know you have a loyal following. I mean, I th- yeah, I think that's probably, like you said, getting in at the right time and being able to connect especially with the california hunting community and stuff and uh yeah i know not to kiss ass but yeah yours is one of the ones one of the first ones i like to listen to when every time Mm -hmm. i see a new episode come out just because you're local and it's just yeah i appreciate uh, it man yeah i I mean originally for me the for me and anthony uh, i'll speak for for both of us um you know it was just a lot of trying to focus on the hard work and efforts that a lot of California outdoorsmen put into the field mm-hmm. and the hours that we put into the field. Yeah. And uh, the fact that it's a little bit more of a grind to hunt California public land than a Utah general tag or, you know, Colorado general tag. Like, sure, I mean, it's it's difficult in those states as well, but it's a different level of difficulty in California because the population's not there. Yeah. It's not because, I mean, and yeah, you run into like, you know, there's a thousand hunters everywhere, but there's a thousand hunters everywhere and there is not a population to back a thousand hunters everywhere. (laughs) 
not saying that the state should cut tax, but <laughs> you know, yeah, it makes it difficult. Yeah, definitely it makes it difficult. You know, so yep. So let's dive into your interview, man. Yeah. So anyone who's listening to my podcast yeah. probably probably already knows who Andy is, but Andy Mokels with the uh, Legion DIY Outdoors podcast. Um, what's your uh, You've got a few socials now, right? Yeah, dude. <laughs> the flip-flop guy. Yeah, so the Legion DIY account, in my opinion, has been banned, shadow banned by Instagram, um, where it used to get a lot more traction and coverage and used through hashtags and oh, really? all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and now I'm lucky if a post, the reach... You know, the physical reach of a post where it used to be upwards of, you know, 10 to 20,000, 30,000, you know, 50,000 on a, on a really good day for traction. Um, I don't, I don't think most posts on that account reach over 500. Really? Um, because it's death, it's blood, it's guns, it's all that kind of stuff. And Instagram's algorithms and photo scanning, automatic photo scanning pushes out that content so it doesn't get seen. Right. And that's a whole different ball of wax that we don't need to go down and what's going on with algorithms and social media and silencing, you know, specific groups of people that they don't want to have a voice based off of their own opinions. But, um, and then I have obviously my game over IG account, which is, you know, game over IG. It's always been that, um, how I came up with that account name. Everybody always, yeah, I was curious. (laughs) Are you a video game? Guru or no? I mean, I used to be a lot. I used to be. I used to fucking. When the first Call of Duty came out, I was for a while there. I was, I was, uh, I was in the you know top people ranked in the world. Oh really? Yeah, playing that game was fucking terrible, dude. (laughs) It's a terrible time in my life. I didn't leave the house much. I remember. I remember one time I. Is this the Mohawk days? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like right in the end of the Mohawk days. Yeah. Maybe in the beginning too. But uh, maybe just the whole Mohawk days. <laughs> but uh, I remember it's the first time in like two weeks I had left my house. And I went down to a bar in the town I grew up in with one of my buddies. And I wasn't drinking at the time. And, uh, and I put my hand on his shoulder and I'm like, Dude, this is the best graphics I've seen in so long. But it was real life. It wasn't a TV screen. <laughs> so there's like <laughs> the graphics card with my fucking head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, anyways, <laughs> that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, less than that, maybe 15. Um, so the way that I came up with it is, uh, I, uh, was on social media a bunch, you know, in like 2010, 2011. And then Instagram bought, got bought out by Facebook. And I fucking hate Facebook. Like yeah. absolutely writing was on the wall for me in 2009. Facebook is terrible. Um, back when I was going through um, law enforcement training and stuff like that. And looking and seeing how criminals were using social media platforms as ways to break into people's houses and figuring out what's going on um, along with many other 
you know, tactics that were being used. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I deleted my Instagram, but when Facebook bought it, you couldn't delete it. So okay. I just deleted every post, unfollowed all my followers, and changed the Instagram handle to Game Over Instagram. Like, oh, okay. fuck you, Instagram. <laughs> I'm done with you. Okay. But I can't delete my account. Yeah. And then, so that was in like 2011, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And then in 2015, I ended up getting back on Instagram. And, and I was just like, ah! That's a random name. No one's yeah. going to even fucking see that coming. Yeah. So I just kept it. And I was going to ask you what, what your thoughts are on social media, and it sounds like it's mixed feelings on your end, right? Yeah. I, see, I, I haven't experienced the whole getting blocked kind of deal, you know, Uh huh. having that kind of exposure, worried about that. So I didn't, didn't even know how that worked. But for you, it's a little bit of mixed feelings, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Social media is fucked. <laughs> That's one way to put it. For it, dude, it's fucked in a lot of ways, man. Yeah. Um, and I won't get into all of the ways yeah. that it's fucked, but it's fucked in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as the availability and accessibility that it creates for people with people, um, I think is is interesting and it's and it's a weird learning curve that we've never seen before in civilization yeah um so that's you know makes a makes a uh interesting circumstance you know makes everything's available mm-hmm. you know you want to you want to go check up on an old high school friend and it's the same thing with facebook and myspace yeah you can look them up you know as to where prior did you fucking got out of high school you didn't talk to the people that you knew from high school and you maybe saw them at a 10-year reunion yeah you know and and now everything is right there at the tips of your fingers you know anytime you want to look it up which is a good thing and a bad thing um and i've experienced terrible um the terror the most terrible parts of both worlds how it's a good thing and and how it's a bad thing yeah you know or the extreme not terrible i should say i've 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 experienced the extremes in both directions okay um how it is terrible and how it's absolutely wonderful mhm um i owe a lot of where i'm at today um to social media right you know and the growth of the podcast to social media um because it basically became everybody's own magazine. Yeah. You want to see what this person does? Oh, cool. Look at their magazine of their life. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah, I've definitely mixed feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I talk <laughs> more about it off of a mic. Yeah, no. There's a lot of stuff I don't talk about. I could go on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and it's so funny, dude, because people think that, like, everything they see on social media is fact and that's life. And that's, you know, and that's totally not the case, man. You know, everything that we want people to see on social media is what we want people to see on social media. Yeah. 100% controlled environment. Yeah. You know, and that's, I guess that's the beauty and the shortcomings of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's funny. I was just thinking. I've seen. I've se- I've seen some examples of that. Like, yeah. 
you know, stuff you see isn't always <laughs> what you think it is. And <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just crazy how people just fucking. I don't. I don't want to. Here's a really good example, and I'll and I'll use this, and then we can move on. Yeah. So I built that fire pit. I broke up all the concrete in my backyard over in that corner a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture from over in that corner of the yard facing the deck in the house. Yeah. All right. So now what you can't see from where you are is around the left side. And the bomb that had gone off over there, piles of debris, a sheet metal pile, you know, a wood pile. Yeah. Like just a disaster zone. Right. But in the picture, you couldn't see the disaster zone because it's blocked out by the flowers in the tree. Right. <laughs> so, and that's, but that's exactly, you know, what's with, so, I mean, you go over there now and it's all fucking clean and fine, but you know, that's like, dude, yeah. you, you set the picture how you want it to be set. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's social Just media. Tell the full story. Yeah. 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 You don't see the pile of trash on the side. Yep. <laughs> Super clean yard, Andy. It's looking good. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, it is looking good. It's looking good, man. It's got a lot of work to do. Oh, yeah. Yep. Homeowner life. Renter hey, or dude, homeowner someone's got to put the homo in homeowner, and I'm fucking happy to do it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so, so you're, I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize until recently that you're, you're actually guiding. Are you... Uh, how long have you been guiding for? Um, so guiding, I've done a lot of like uh, personal guiding out in Cloverdale. Yeah. Um, I got my guide license years back. Um, and for me, a lot of it isn't. Um, it's more for helping people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All my stuff that I did up there, none of it was paid. Uh, and it had a lot to do with just working with vets and, yeah. and taking individual vets out on hunting trips for themselves and that's awesome trying to repurpose their skills yeah from you know killing yep. to uh having the same experience as they would in the sandbox but you go out and and you hunt a hog all day yeah and then at the end of the day you come back to camp and everybody war stories about their hunt yeah instead of war stories about you know landmines and yeah you know everything else so you kind of give them the same atmosphere a little bit of the same weapons platform and try to help them ease their you know ptsd or yeah that seems like that would be just right well, awesome way to get them kind of eased back into normality into and, civilian life yeah. you know and and i was talking with a couple guys the other day about it and that's one of the biggest difficulties is we've got you know veterans coming back who are going from being having a purpose and a duty every single day all day long even while they're sleeping to coming into civilian life where no one recognizes them. No one knows their name. No one knows that this person's best friend just died in their arms in the sandbox eight months ago. Yeah. You know, while they're defending these people's freedoms, you know. Yep. And to come back to to make that transition into civilian life um, has got to be difficult. Yeah. Man. You know, and, and that's one of the biggest things I think that we as a society miss with our vets mm -hmm. um so that's you know where i just tried to do my yeah. my personal part and it's not 
you know, I'm not in it for money. I'm not in it for anything other yeah. than do just, you know, I've been working with vets since 2010. Yeah. You know, and, and earlier than that, even it's just been a really big passion project for me to, to, um, get to have those experiences. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess we sort of probably jumped ahead a little bit. Let's go. Let's reverse back. Oh, to, okay. Sorry. Dude. <laughs> to, no, no. I, I'm the one that asked the question. That was perfect. Oh. No, oh, okay. I was just going to say, I mean, that's your current, you know, part of what you do currently. But yeah. as far as getting started, uh, what, I mean, what does your background look like as far as, as far as hunting goes? Let's just start with. Uh, oh, man. Um, I don't know. I've been hunting my whole life, dude. I, yeah. My first hunt that I ever went on. I couldn't even tell you how old I was. Um, like with your with your parents, with obviously. With my dad right? and my yeah. grandparents. I mean, I've got pictures as far back as me, you know, being just a couple of years old, standing over dead deer with my grandma or That's with cool. my dad. or Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember the first time my dad shot a grouse, first experience with life and death, yeah. you know, going from one to the next and witnessing it. And I just started crying so much, <laughs> you know, watching this bird flop around and. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, I've been exposed to hunting in the outdoors. Yeah. You know, my whole life. It was very, it was very much, uh, you know, let's not talk about this too much. Let's not share about it at school. I grew up in Marin County, so right. it was anti-hunting. Yep. Um, you know, and, and it's weird to have, you know, that part of your life, which, you know, was a big part of my whole family's history. Right. Um, for generations. Uh to have that be, you know, kind of off limits discussion for like friends. A <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's weird to grow up in that kind of uh environment, but yeah. you know, that's kind of how it was. And then obviously I started hunting. I remember my hunter's education course. I remember the instructor and Yep. You know, the whole deal. That's cool. Yeah. Shit, so Yeah, so um and then and then you, so then bring that into more recent years, like, you know, that that's where you started. And then it sounded like you kind of got out of it for a little while and, mm-hmm. and you're in your what late teens mm-hmm. and then, uh, kind of got refocused back into it. And in- yeah. So in my late teens, in my late teens, my mid teens, um, uh, you know, I was, I mean, I was a crazy ass kid. Yeah, for sure. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, And I was, you know, battling this and battling that and all the internal problems that we face as children. And, you know, excuse me, my solution for it was, you know, swallowing a bottle of pills. Yeah. And uh, attempting suicide. And right after it, I came to the conclusion it was a fucking terrible idea. (laughs) Thank God it, you know, wasn't a gun or something like that where I couldn't try to reverse the decision yeah and uh you know i like i said i attempted suicide and ended up in alta baits and that kind of put me out of the hunting world for for a couple of years and yeah trying to regain regain traction of, of myself and and who i am and yeah all that kind of stuff so okay took a little bit of time off and ended up kind of diving back into it um a little later in life uh, and really just <laughs> fell in love, you know, I mean, and you know, from going into the Sierras, there's that pine smell and that yeah. 
fresh mountain air smell and that is what captivated me and brought me back yep. um and i was at the time i was <laughs> uh full circle that was just, yeah go yeah. ahead oh Three. i was just thinking like different than my childhood but as a child i was camping in the sierras and stuff yeah. and then it felt like full circle now that i'm back into the mountains hunting it was like it just felt like this is this is where I'm supposed to be. This is it just feels right. Right. But then you you literally just said full circle and all that that phrase yeah. was in my head when you said that. So it was kind of funny. How Go funny. Ahead. Yeah. So it's it was, you know, 2008, I think, maybe 2007. Hunting season. That was kind of. I just re-engaged, man. I refocused and I re-engaged and I really started putting a lot of time and effort and energy into hunting and into being in the field and tracking and following trails and really learning how to understand and read sign when I'm looking at it, you know, and what does a one week old deer print look like at a 12 hour old, you know, and, yeah. and what is it, you know, a one day old pile of deer shit look like and a two day and a four day and a seven day, yeah, you know, and really trying to understand like, you know, and you'll catch me in the field, like, I'll pick up fresh piles of deer shit and I'll go through it. I'll rub it in my hands. I'll rub it on my clothes. Yeah. You know, just looking for like, is, is the crust layer on it yet? Or is it still, is it still green? Because I mean, a, a pile of deer shit will sit there and be green for the first eight hours before it starts to kind of change colors. Right. Uh -huh. You know, and, and then you look at that and then you look at it the next day and then it's, there's still a little bit of green on it, but it's, you know, getting there. And a couple of days later you go back and look at it again. Well, now you kind of have to pick it up and squeeze it, yeah. you know, to kind of figure out what's going on. And, um, yep. so that was kind of, I don't even know how I ended up on that tangent. That was, <laughs> I don't either, but yeah. it's a good one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's uh, how it goes. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of how we got on that either, but right. it felt like it flowed well to me. Flowed, right? I was, <laughs> yeah, I was listening. That's what it's all about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was when I dove. That's why. That's when I dove back into hunting a lot and oh, really just, trying yeah, to understand yeah, yeah. wildlife and and everything mm -hmm. that was going on and really started dedicating a lot of my time to in the field. And, and for me, it was always like, I just want to hunt, man. That's... Anytime that I'm not working, I want to be hunting and I want to be fishing. Yeah. And and that's the kind of lifestyle I want. And I really just started gravitating towards that. And I ended up getting uh, a piece of property that I was able to manage um, for eight years in Cloverdale's, about 2011, 2012. Okay. And I still can go up there and hunt if I want. I just, life's too busy for me to even make it up there and try. Yeah. Um, but that allowed me the option to start hunting 365, mm -hmm. you know, and, and once I really started to get that much time in the field and really get to understand, you know, how these, the pigs in this circumstance are working their trails and everything like that, it really helped me a lot because then by the time deer season rolled around, I'd already still been, I never left the field. Yeah. been in the field the whole time yep. so it just rolled right into the next species that i was available to hunt nice you know yeah yeah and then uh <clears throat> so when did 
obviously you've kind of tied this into your hunting and stuff, but as far as photography, you know, have you always been into photography or are you just kind of yeah, so hunting sort of? So I used to take photos a lot, um, photos and film. Um, I took a bunch of photography classes in high school yep. and I started out with 35 millimeter all, all back then. Right. And, uh, really loved it. My uncle was a photographer, underwater, uh, videographer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All kinds of stuff like that. So, um, I'd always get to pick his brain and show him what I was doing. And then he'd critique the shit out of me and tell me what I need to be doing better. Yeah. You know, obviously to my benefit and, um, I kind of stopped. So I, I moved down to LA for a little while and I was doing like, um, album covers and photo shoots for stuff like that. We are filming some reality TV shows, uh, all different kinds of everything you could think of you're doing in Hollywood behind a camera. Yep. Really interesting time in my life. And, uh, Left there, and I just, for me, the difficulty when I left there was I was not willing to go pick up. God, I think the camera at the time was like a Canon Rebel, or yeah, I just wasn't into going digital at all, uh-huh. and super super stickler for um, film, and I just kind of put my cameras down, yeah, for a little bit, and I started picking stuff back up in 2014, um, hunting with my dad a lot. Okay. And just taking pictures with my dad. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, just trying to build the experience with me and him. And, yeah. You know, and, and trying to not even take it anywhere. Just doing it for, yeah. like, I'd edit a video of me and my dad hunting. or Yeah, just for memories. Yeah, just for me and my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, you know, put a song to it or yeah. something like that. And, you know, we'd just enjoy it together. And, and that's yep. kind of what brought it back, I guess you could say. is Okay. You know, taking pictures and yeah, video and all that kind of stuff. And then you're so that re, you did that recent video with Dallas, right? And mm-hmm. well, BC, right? Mm-hmm. You were stone stone mm-hmm. sheep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Went on a stone sheep hunt in BC, and you took the video for that entire thing. Or was there a couple yeah. of you guys? Or? No, it was just me, just okay. me and Dallas. Um, yeah, I think I ended up getting like three or five hours of of video footage. Okay. Um, and also tons of photographs and yeah. everything like that. Um, talk about an amazing experience, yeah, dude. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> a horseback hunt in BC is unbelievably amazing. And this, this for me, is my first year getting to go on sheep hunts. Yeah. You know? And for anybody that's followed me on social media for a while, they know that I've just become infatuated <laughs> with sheep hunting in the last, you know, three years. Yeah. And really just putting a lot of effort and energy into that yeah direction and uh you know i mean there was a point where i was going to sell my house to go on a marco polo hunt really yeah and go <laughs> go kill a marco polo and two ibex and i didn't do it i mean obviously yeah. we're s- sitting in my house right now but i mean that's you know sheep hunting for me has been a, you know especially that yeah it's always been a, a really big dream mid-asian ibex and and argali and and uh i'm you know, so I ended up in, you know, Dallas called me. I had just come back from hunting. We'd just done three desert sheep hunts. Yep. And the whites. And then I killed that 
26 inch forked horn up in the D zone. And then I came home and then Dallas called me and was like, Hey man, uh, something came up and you know, I was wondering if you wanted to, if you wanted to come and document this and you know, he's like, you'll have all the rights to your film. You'll have all the rights to your photos, blah, 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 you know? And, He's like, I'd really, I'd really love for you to come up and document this hunt. And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> He's like, no, man, I'm, I'm not. And I'm like, no passport, not nothing. And how far out was this? Less than for, 30 days. Yeah, I was going to say that, doesn't, less that timeline than, just doesn't Less than it. 30 days. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I was like, maybe it was like 15 days, mm -hmm. even, maybe even less than that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. I was like, I told him, I was like, give me two days. All right. And that was a Friday. I was like, let me tell you Monday morning. Yeah, because he probably needed an answer, too, on his end. He probably right? wanted someone to document it, yeah. right? So he's oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> so Monday morning, I drove out to San Francisco, and I put in my application for my passport and got it next day to me. Nice. So I told him Monday morning when I left the passport place, which was like 9 a.m., it's like, cool, dude. Booking the plane ticket on my way. Yeah. I'll see ya. He's like, good thing, buddy. <laughs> it's like, fuck <laughs> yeah. So, you know, mm. and, and that was just unreal, man. And and Monty, who was our guide, um, and Toshody River Outfitters, just what an experience. You know yeah. what I mean? Flying in a bush plane landing you and know the video I think, and the pictures it just looked yeah dude it awesome. was absolutely unreal you know and and uh the entire adventure start to finish you know i think we were on horseback ended up being 11 days um you know it just can't can't, can't put a dollar yeah you can't it. explain it either. yeah like the words just don't yeah i, I can just tell by the look in your face yeah just, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. you know, and, and so to go from no sheep hunts to, you know, that being my fourth sheep hunt in two months Yeah. in B.C., you know, and then I ended up, I think I ended up doing nine sheep hunts. I was going to say, how many did you do last year? Nine. Like, uh, all in one year? All in one season, yeah. So, which was remarkable in itself. Um, chasing sheep is unreal. It's a lifetime hunt. Yeah, you know for me, I mean? it seems, like, unreachable. Like, I don't even – I put in for it for California. But. Everybody should put in for it in California. I mean, two of the clients that Kika had this last year were guys – one guy had two points and one guy had six points. Mm -hmm. And that's just – that's that random draw yeah. tag. You got X3B on one point. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that random draw tag. And everybody's – and especially in California hunting, everybody's looking at it as this unattainable goal. So – God, how many out of the nine California sheep tags that Kika had this year, seven of them were draw tag holders. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So they're not, it's not unattainable. It's not unachievable. It's a low chance, but there's, it's a, there there's is a, a chance. There's always the chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and the, yeah. the biggest thing that I would say to anybody that's going to hunt sheep in California, get 
a guide. Oh, definitely. You know what Dude, I mean? And if it's going to cost you, you know, five to $10,000. If you have to sell your house. No, don't sell your house, but <laughs> get a credit card with a $15,000 limit yeah. and pay for it. Yep. You know what I mean? And pay it off because it's a once in a lifetime hunt. It's a once in a lifetime tag. I would never want to get, and I know this from uh, on my dad's elk hunt when my dad drew 305 Northeastern bull tag. Um, he drew that tag. I spent nine days in the field with him. Unsuccessful. Um, unsuccessful being sure we had a great experience mm-hmm. and, and the hunt was happening. But in that nine days, he didn't kill an animal. He didn't kill an animal until the Saturday morning before the season closed. Wow. So I was there from, from like Wednesday to like Thursday or Friday or something like that. Uh-huh. And then he killed after I left. And if my dad would have waited, you know, 20, 30 years to draw an elk tag in California and come out of it unsuccessfully, like, fuck, that would suck, man. Yeah. As a Californian and a tag that we're never going to get again or have the opportunity, like, sure, maybe, like, my grandmother drew Grizzly Island twice, right? Uh-huh. Like, how does that even happen? I don't think that's possible these days. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like, it's a lifetime hunt. Yeah. You know, and if, if you're, if if you want to be successful hiring a guide and an outfitter who knows the area, who knows the animal, who's hunted it year in and year out and spends all their time in the field researching and trying to figure out the best ram. And usually they're going to have the top five rams picked out in a unit. Yeah. And they're going to know them, you yeah. know, by name. Yeah. You know, and be able to look at a ram and be like, that ram is you know, on its third measurement has a big chip on its left and and on its second measurement has a big chip on its right. Like, yeah, that's, you know, this ram. And by measurements, you mean like, uh, so years, where wings? you're measuring, yeah, yeah, where you're measuring the circumference. Okay. Um, down the horn. Yeah. So <laughs> do you feel like, uh, <laughs> do you feel like a nomad? Do I feel like a nomad yeah. or do I live like a nomad? Do you live like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I don't, I've just met you today, obviously, but we've talked a little bit here and there on Instagram or text or whatever, but just from the outside looking in, I'm like, dude, he is just always on the going, road. always going. Yeah, dude. Um, it's funny. Cause if you look at my, if I, if I take a step back and I look at my life all the way back, um, since I got out of high school, it's kind of how I've always lived. Yeah. You know what I mean? Traveling every weekend. Yep. When I didn't have work, I was on the road, you know, and, and having left my job, um, having been terminated from my job or laid off or let go or whatever bullshit they tried to pat me with, which I was extremely grateful for when they did. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but when they, when they let me go, um, I was able to dive into what I love to do, which is to travel and to hunt. Mm -hmm. And everything inside the continental U.S. opened up to me. Anything I could get to by freeway or dirt road is mine. Yeah. And there's nothing that's going to fucking stop me. Yeah. You know. It's such a good attitude, dude. It's like, like I told you before, I wouldn't trade it. But if I was, if I was single with no kids, that's, I mean, that's what I would do. That's just. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, and, and. For me, I've spent so many endless hours driving, you know, 16-hour drive days. And a lot of it's always by myself. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and there's a cover that Metallica does called Turn the Page. And it's one of my m- just most favorite songs on the planet. Anytime it comes on, I like get emotional almost over it. Um, you know, and I've been in a tour bus and I've been on the road with, you know, a several different bands, you know, on Vans Warped Tour or on, you know, a, this tour or that tour and traveling all across the United States and, and, uh, you know, and that was inside the punk rock and, and metal music industry. And, yep. you know, so I, I like, I just have this, uh, me and the road, I guess, understand each other. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> if that even makes sense. I love it, dude. I love the, I mean, I, yeah, dude, I have a great house. I have a beautiful house. I mean, this deck, used to be a really shitty cement patio. Yeah. You know, that... There's tons of room out here. Was the, dude, this patio was terrible. Like, if you were to see it, you'd be like, who built this fucking monstrosity? You know what I mean? It was like they broke up the driveway, they took all the cement pieces back here, and then poured cement in between them to cement it together. Like, <laughs> just a piece f- it together dude, like a puzzle. Dude, it was a fucked up shitty patio. And, yeah. you know, so I got a group of guys we jackhammered it out and you know then me and my dad got together and you know dug all the pier holes and i think every three feet out and across there's you know an a two and a half foot hole okay that's filled with cement i think and i think each hole has like three 80 pound bags of cement in it um and anyways, long story short, you know, I mean, me and my dad built this deck. We redid the siding on the house. You know, everything that is, you know, this yard used to have 18 trees in it. And I just came back here with a chainsaw and some friends. And yeah. we just went to town and started cutting it up. And, you know, I mean, all everything that's here, you know, with the help of a couple friends and my pops. Yeah. You know, I built it myself. So I'm extremely grateful that I have this to come back to. Um but I love the road, man. Yeah. I love, I could, li- I sleep, and I tell people this often, actually, I sleep better in the bed of my truck than I do in the bed of my really? house, which well, is weird, a, dude. I think it was you that had a post, like, you were like, you came home and you were like, uh, sleeping in a wall tent feels more like, feels, feels like more home like home more than, than sleeping. <laughs> was that you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Well, yeah. you know, like, something that happened to me this year, dude, and, you know, and when you're going from camp to camp to camp, you know, and, you know, whether it was my own hunt, a hunt um, where I was hired with Kika or, you know, up in BC or, you know, someone else's hunt, you get so used to just finding a bush, digging a hole and taking a shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, dude, I, I think the longest I went was like 18 days without a shower. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, obviously baby wipes and, and fucking gold bond powder, but... um. <laughs> I just became accustomed to that, and it's not because I wanted to be dirty. It's just like, dude, you just wake up at 4.30 a.m., you wake up, and you start your day. Yeah. Right? And you don't go to bed until 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I had – there's plenty of points this year where I was way more comfortable digging a hole and taking a shit than coming home and shitting in my own toilet. (laughs) And I own that fucker. It's funny when when we were kids. Uh, it just reminds me. We'd, yeah, we'd go camping up in the Sierras, up by Loon Lake and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my stepdad and uncles, they 
they would they would tell us that there wasn't a restroom at the campground and they would make us dig holes and take shits and like we didn't even know we didn't even know there was a restroom uh-huh. <laughs> right around the corners uh-huh. it's funny builds character though right yeah absolutely but um yeah so how how did you with all the sheep hunting obviously how did you met you've kind of come in, into cahoots with the kika guys how did you meet those guys uh so Jake and I first crossed paths three three years ago, maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, three years ago, I think. Uh, just in the field, man, in the field, uh, doing different hunts, and and you know, something that I love to do. There's a hunt that I used to go on, and I'd just go and camp out there and look for for deer during yep. that season, late season hunt. Um no tag or anything like that i just go for the fun and the love of it right and the passion of outdoors and jake and i ended up running into each other on that hunt um you know just meeting in the field and and talking back and forth and exchanging some information and whatnot yep and we just kind of became buddies and and uh you know jake and i developed a relationship for you know friendship over the last couple years and first thing that happened when i you know, got terminated from my from my job. I called Jake and said, "Hey, man, I got nothing on the books. What do you got for me to do?" And he's like, "Come on down." It's like sick. I'm there, and uh, you know that was just kind of how it all how it all went. You know, and yeah. um, the first time I ended up meeting Jeff Jeff Rally with Silverware, um, I met Jeff at Sheep Show, and uh, you know we both just kind of became buds, man, and yeah. and. You know, I'm super grateful to say today that, you know, those two guys are um, two of my mentors and, and two of my close friends. Yeah. You know, that, that you know, I, I I have their confidence and they have mine. And, yeah. Um, you know, extremely fortunate to have built a relationship with two guys that not only push me really hard, um, because they expect the best of me, but they push me really hard because they know, they know me well enough to know what's going to make me work harder and, and, you know, what'll break me. Yeah. Um, which has been awesome. And it's, you know, it's been a long time for me since I've been able to, um, have some good buddies in my life that are, you know, like that. Yeah. Um, you know, friends are hard dude hard to build the older you get and the older i get all my friends get married and have fucking kids yeah <laughs> they don't care they can't hang out anymore Dude, it's, it's funny you say that because now that i'm married with three kids and i mean we have friends we have yeah like, you know a couple close groups of friends that our kids hang out with but other than that it's like that's it yeah <laughs> for sure man and it's all you have time for really unless you meet some hunting buddies and they're able to get you know go on hunts and stuff like that but right um yeah and and you know and that's and I've got I've got a ton of friends, you know, and, oh, yeah. and and guys all across the state and all across the country, and you know I'd even you know like to say all across the world, yeah, um, you know, and it's it's just, yeah, man, super fortunate, yeah, um, you know that I was allowed the opportunity, um, and they trusted me enough to, you know, yeah. allow me into their circle, yeah, you know, and and take me under their wing. 
Yeah, it's cool. It's been cool from the outside looking in. Like, Watching it. This guy's living it up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, it's cool, too. It's, it's fucking like, insane. Well, I, I didn't even realize. I mean, obviously, it's been years now that I've known that Jeff hunts. But mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was I skated, and all we did was watch skate videos and, like, Tony Hawk, Jeff man. Rally and Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was just, it was just a thing for us to watch skate videos and then go out and skate and record our videos and shit. And yeah. Now just inspired by yeah, and yeah. now it's like oh shit, Jeff Rowley's you know big time hunter like yeah. it's just it's and funny. It, not only that man, but he is a great person. He seems like a good dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. morally, his his moral compass is you know so great. The way that he is with his kids is wonderful. You know yeah, good. Um, his lady is an extremely extremely talented individual. You know and, and uh, she it's fun when I get to speak with her. You know she does a lot of like deep breathing exercises and mm. kinds of stuff like that. And and for me, I'm always looking for more routes to um, center myself spiritually. Yeah. You know, so I always get to hear really good um, thought from her on other ways, yeah. non, you know, uh, not regular, but, you know, just yeah, yeah. out of the box thinking on centering ourselves. Yeah. You know, mm. I'm more in touch with our inner being. You know, opening up that third eye is pretty interesting. Yeah, man. Huh. Yeah. Well, shit. <laughs> Consult the phone. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's funny. I, I'm look, I'm looking at I, some notes I got, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote down do epic shit. Do epic shit. You're so. I just do I, I, lo- I love it, dude, because. Because it's doing epic shit it is, all the dude. time. It's just, because I, I do it, I mean, everybody does it probably. Like, you come up with excuses not to do mm-hmm. things like, oh, people are going to talk shit or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just out of your comfort zone. It's like, dude, just fucking just do it. Dude, yeah. Just quit talking about it and do and it, just dude. Just do so, it, man. And so. So a lot of that, my mentality on that kind of stuff, um, I will say a lot of it comes from stay the course. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, stay yeah. the course, but stay the course is just, I mean breathes life into me when I need it the most, you know, yeah. and, and I follow that hashtag and some of the posts that gets, that show up in my feed from that hashtag is actually really solid fucking, fucking posts. Yeah. Um, so do epic shit came from, uh, Jason at Kuyu hmm. ended up getting a plaque, um, from one of his good friends who is also the photographer for his hunts. And it said on it, and it was for his his office desk, and it said on it, "Do epic shit." Okay. And that was the first time I ever I had ever seen, you know, it presented in that way. And I yeah. was like, "Fuck yeah!" I was like, "That is so badass." And this is I don't know, maybe 2016 or something like that. It was a while ago. Okay. 2017, and that was kind of when I was just like, "Yeah, dude, do epic shit." Yeah. Do it, man. Just stop talking about it. Stop fucking daydreaming about it. Just get out there. And do it. Yeah. Show up. What's the worst thing that can happen? If, I mean, dude, yeah. nothing bad's going to come from it. Even if you fail, it's a, you, you learn from it, right? Yeah, Whatever totally. It well, it's like, it's like with anything, man. I mean, to ask somebody for a raise at work, what are they going to tell you? No. If you don't ask, guess what's going to happen? You're They're going to keep get paying you shit. You know what I mean? What's, exactly. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, show up and 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 I fail. Yeah. You know what? I tried. Yep. I learned, excuse me, I learned another way not to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, 
yeah, man, I, I just, I love to do anything I can. That's epic. I remember earlier this year we were on that on that sheep capture and I was text messaging <laughs> text messaging with Jake and he's down the hall in another room and we're bullshitting back and forth and he's like the conversations we're having here are fucking epic and I was like, dude, I wish I was in there. We're sitting in here watching Sports Network <laughs> and he was like, ha, oh, that sucks. But it was just so you know what I yeah. mean and it's just like just got to be there and show yeah. up and you know it's how it goes yeah definitely yeah so that 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 motto or whatever the the stay the course is that kind of something that you try to remind yourself of like when you're when you're down and out doing something that you're trying to better yourself but then you start second guessing yourself and and then you just remind yourself to just just freaking keep at it just and keep stay grinding the man okay yeah, dude, so stay the course for me is very much exactly what you just said. You know, how many times do we give up? Yeah. You know, how many times do we, you know, quote, quit before the miracle I thought about happens? Not, I thought about not calling you and coming down here, and I was like, dude, just freaking stay the course and do it. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I'm like, hey, dude, come on down. I'll cook uh, you breakfast. You're all no. Dude, yeah, so like, fuck you, dude. Show up in my house. Yeah, for the listeners, I'm like, so me and Andy are texting and and I'm like, yeah, maybe we just do this over the phone. And he's like, nope, I don't I'm do not it doing over it the over phone. the phone. And yeah. I was like, I was like, cool. I just didn't know how you felt about this whole Corona thing going around. Like, <laughs> do you not want to shake my hand when I come to the door? Do we need to stay six feet apart? I mean, I'm not gonna go in for a hug, but like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, come down here. I was like, dude, what are you cooking for breakfast? Yeah. Uh, so anyways, long story short, come, I come down here and Andy's cooking breakfast on the birch barrel, which was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, appreciate you opening the door and yeah. letting, me, letting me crash the party this morning. Hell yeah, dude. Wasn't much of a party, dude, yeah. but, you know, maybe a lemon party. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, so yeah, do epic shit and just do it. But, shit, I think that's... That's what you got. That's that's what I got. Can you think of anything else you want to converse about? I'm good, man. Yeah? I'm good. What about you? What's your plans for this well, year? First thing I'm doing is buying a pair of Crocs, dude. Uh-huh. Oh, you like <laughs> these things, huh? He he pulled up, and the first thing he said, I'm out on my back deck, slaving over this goddamn stove. And, <laughs> and, and he said, damn, dude, he's like, you got Crocs, too? I was like, yeah, dude, have you ever... Have you ever felt them? You're all, no. I was like, took them off. I was like, feel how lightweight these are. You're all, oh, okay, I get it now. I'm going to buy some. I was like, yeah. Dude, I just wonder why everyone always has those, in my opinion, dorky-looking shoes. But Camp slippers, there's man. There's something to it because everybody has a pair, it seems like. Yeah, everybody's got a pair. That's funny. For sure. For sure. Um, so I guess we'll go with the Dead Eye Minute. Oh, shit, we're doing that? Yeah, we're going to have to, oh, right? Oh, man. So, for the Dead Eye Minute, what is your goals for you with your podcast? I want, well, number one is to stay consistent, which is, I, I know it's going to be difficult, but I, I know that going into it, and I just want to be able to stay the course <laughs> and just keep at it because... 
like we've talked about just three kids and a wife and full-time job that is always takes more than eight hours a day uh just being able to consistently put that put those episodes out is going to be the most difficult thing but um yeah i just want to get good guests on uh there's a few people i have kind of written down or in my head that i want to interview um i think one of the big messages i want to put out is to new hunters like myself just to kind of um hopefully inspire them to 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 get out and, and do it and not be afraid to just just teach yourself you don't need a mentor to hold your hand mm-hmm. um so that's one of the main things and um that's it dude it's kind of just an adventure uh you know just something else to push myself and yeah learn from and like we were talking about earlier like i don't think of myself as being a you know necessarily a good conversator or, um but i feel like that's like well, if you're going to do a podcast, you're going to have to be a good conversator. <laughs> well, I think I, I think, I think that's something that you can learn. You develop. Too. You, you can develop it's it develop, exactly for sure. So I'm just I'm just going to do it and hopefully develop develop those skills. I and, develop every time, man. Yep. Absolutely, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Always, always, constantly, dude. Constantly open minded to growth. Yeah. Gotta be, dude. For me. Yeah. You know, gotta be. Otherwise, it just yeah what, yeah. <laughs> why limit myself? Exactly. You know. Yep. So there's you know there's a million reasons why not to do the podcast, and I just it's just something I wanted to do, and I'm just I'm just gonna freaking do it, dude. Because why not? Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah. Sorry, what is this? Drinking my. Green water bottle over here. It's Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Yeah. Sparkling natural mineral water. Fucking delicious. Pellegrino and cigars is really, really good. Cigars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, actually my favorite kind of cigar is called a Casa Fuente Corona Gorda. And um, one of the best cigars I've ever had in my life. The, uh, The tones in it are just unbeatable and it's not cuban but you can only get them at casa fuente in caesar's palace in las vegas wow um i've spent a lot of money on a lot of cigars i used to have a really 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 extensive cigar collection and a lot of coolers and thermometers and hygrometers and the whole deal and um had thousands of dollars of cigars (laughs) and i smoked them all and didn't care to keep doing it really yeah yeah, so like my favorite cigar to smoke, you know, it's about twenty five dollars a stick, you know, so twenty five dollars a smoke. Yeah. And uh I just kinda you know, and I'd smoke three or four cigars a week. It's yeah. It's an expensive habit. <laughs> you know. Cubans, I never really was into Cubans. I can't even you know, I've, my my uncle was gifted a box of Cubans from Fidel Castro um, quite a number of years ago. Wow. Um, you know, and even even with that, I never was really into, you know, and, and those were hand-rolled by his guys. Yeah. You know, I just crazy. never was really into Cubans. Just not my bag, man. Yeah. Not my bag. Yeah. But I, I can't do the cigar thing myself. Mm-hmm. 
Can't keep the damn things lit. Yeah, because you talk too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right for on. me, it's just, yeah, I'd rather just pour a drink and chill. Right. right. Uh, well, shit, man. I guess we'll just end it there. Yeah. Sounds good. How do you feel about Thanks. it? Good. Appreciate yeah. you letting me come out, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for coming. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.